Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, the original Iron Sheik, Rob. I make you humble since 1980, Hulk Hogan, you bastard. Uh, you're going to break his back with the camel clutch? I break lots of things in him. <laughs> My pointy shoes in his ass. Would you like a beer, Mr. Sheik? I take many beers. I drink all the beers, me and the Andre Giant. We drink all the beers. <laughs> Fuck a Hulk Hogan. See you, WrestleMania, you prick bastard. I hate to break it to you, Sheik, but uh, Andre passed about 23 years ago. Now, I don't know if that would stop the Iron Sheik from drinking beers with him, though. Oh, that's true. Pour one out with the uh, the dead homies. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, all right, so... see him doing that. <laughs> Speaking of Andre the Giant, we got an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in WrestleMania. We're gonna... Killing the mid-card for the past three weeks. Yeah, really. They basically said, hey, we're not going to develop any other feuds, so don't even think about it. Yeah. Put you guys all in the Battle Royal. Good story of the past two years with uh, the Rhodes brothers getting back together, and they're going to have a tag team thing going and uh, be really legit and be a you know fan favorites for a while, and then, oh, Battle Royal. Fuck yeah. you guys. Yeah, that is strange. They dropped the ball on that one. But... uh uh, you know, I, I do like that they went back to the old school way of guys announcing their candidacy. You know, that they're entering the Battle Royal. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like the little picture-in-picture uh, picture thing where guys show up backstage and say, I'm here to announce that at WrestleMania 30, I will be entering and winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um and we got about, I guess we saw eight matches already listed for the card, so I guess we'll just do a little preview here, talk about uh, what we think of the card and what we're looking forward to. I think you can tell from what I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, I'm pretty psyched about the, <laughs> excited, I guess I should say, about the uh, John Cena-Bray Wyatt match. Oh, yeah, you're, you're definitely in for that one. Um I, on the other hand, uh, might feel a little differently than you do. Um, right on. Yeah. I, well, what's most exciting to you about the card? Uh, my, most exciting to me. Um, huge fan of WrestleMania 10. So what uh, what they're doing with Daniel Bryan and Triple H, and then the uh, the Triple Threat match with the TBD listed as the third opponent. Yep. I'm really digging that. You know, I maybe I don't like the possibilities that it could present. But I'm digging it. Uh, I'm digging it as a concept. All right, cool. Uh, and did they announce that beforehand at WrestleMania 10 that that's how it was going to work? 
Um, well, it didn't. It didn't necessarily work the way that you know if Owen, because Owen beat Brett, but Owen didn't get the shot. Yeah. They had just announced that uh, that they'd both get a shot at, at the title, and whoever won the first title match would obviously still be champion in the main event. Hmm. They just gave Bret Hart the opening match with Owen, so that uh, whoever won the first match wasn't um, wasn't slighted with an opponent who hadn't wrestled yet. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. We. So we've. Got the potential. Well, I guess the the promise that one of those two guys is going to be in two matches, since they went ahead and said that, or Triple H went ahead and declared that he would be entering himself when he beats Daniel Bryan. Yeah, when he beats Daniel Bryan. So I like that they did that. That we at least know it's going to be a triple threat. Yeah. As obviously straight up Randy Orton Batista would be a little hard to watch. Oh yeah. Particularly yeah. if it closes the show. Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall for that. As as soon as uh, Ron went off the air, they were busy sharpening their pencils to figure out what the hell they could do different. You know, and I thought it was interesting. I was watching one of those, like SmackDown backstage or something. Yeah. They post like a five minute video after every show. Yeah. And uh, you know, Renee Young was you know running to try to catch up to him. Somehow the camera was there, and. Uh, She's like, Batista, Batista, can I, you know, get some thoughts on what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it was a mistake to come back here and just, like, stormed off. Nice. And I was like, I wonder how much of a shoot that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and enjoying it. You, you kind of feel like there's a little bit of truth in a lot of the things that Triple H is doing and that Batista is doing and, you know, his, his whole deal with it thing. It's like... Yeah. He, he he doesn't care about the fans. And he's saying as much. Like, you know, you don't like it, deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad they went that route with him because it was so obvious he was not getting a face response. Yeah. It's like, just just stop with the charade. Just make him a heel. Yeah, and, you know, one way or the other, about six months from now, his heel shtick is going to be so good that people are going to be enjoying it anyway, so they're going to end up turning him face. So Yeah. Although I really wonder, you know, because I, I felt like, and we'll talk about this when we talk when we talk about the match, but you know, I felt like he's almost guaranteed to win at WrestleMania, but you know that that would have been in his contract even. Um, but I don't know. I mean, would they potentially have changed that? You know, would he've been willing to change that based on the crowd's response to him? Um, you know, I I'm not so sure that they promised him a win at WrestleMania in his contract, I think they probably guaranteed that he would be in a certain number of uh, pay-per-view main events um, or, you know, gave him some sort of other, you know, clause in his contract, you know, speaking to that effect. I feel like uh, they kind of did that with The Rock, though, that, you know, everything he was involved in was probably written out in his contract, you know, like, they knew he was going to face Cena twice, they knew he was going to have the title at some point. So, yeah, you know, I, I feel like they, they probably thought, okay, well, this worked great with The Rock, let's do the same thing with Batista, forgetting that Batista is not half the star that The Rock is, but... It's it's possible. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's, let's dive into the, the actual pay-per-view itself. Um... 
the first one uh, we should just get out of the way. I think it's probably Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Okay. Uh, Start with the big one. Is that... Uh, do, do you see that match closing the card? Well, no. Eh, maybe it will. I don't know. I was I, The whole reason I wanted to go with it first is because I feel like I don't know that we can have a whole lot of debate about it, and they're really the build hasn't been there. It's not even close to the type or the amount of time they spent last year with Punk. Yeah. Um, you know, we got the really old school coffin thing. You know, it, it, you know, and I heard a a competing radio show. Um, <laughs> and they were really upset about that segment, competing. saying that it was like insulting our intelligence, and we all know. He's not really a dead man, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking, but half their audience is kids. Like, yeah, they didn't watch the same crap we watched back in 1991. Right, right. It's still a new thing to a lot of people to see him do that kind of thing. Yep. So I don't see why you have to crap on it. I mean, it is kind of a, it is kind of old school and hokey compared to, you know, the whole reality kind of style that we're moving towards, it seems. But, but I mean, I mean, here's the thing, and... I don't listen to that uh, quote-unquote competing podcast uh, as much well, as... there are competitors. Okay. Um, I don't listen to them as much as I probably should. Um, so I'm a little unfamiliar. Do they do they seem to enjoy the product? Do they seem to enjoy watching wrestling? Uh, <laughs> not well. One of them in particular is very ornery and cranky. Yeah. And old manny. Uh... Why do people why do people waste their time listening to grumpy old men? I don't know. So I, I occasionally have trouble listening, but I think also they're just trying to be a little controversial to get callers to to call in. Yeah, you know, if if we were at we a don't point have to worry where, about that. yeah, if 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 we wanted callers, if we had the technology to have callers, and decided that uh, we wanted to put breaks in our witty banter and our you know enjoyable time to take the crotchety. Uh, crotchety old people calling in to complain about stuff or you know the douchebags calling in you know then maybe we would try and uh, spice things up a little bit but uh, yeah I enjoy talking about this stuff I enjoy watching it yeah I, mean, I do get that feeling though that sometimes when people are complaining so much you just really wonder why they even bother watching yeah I mean I I took time off you know yeah. I I was never like, I wasn't that hardcore into it, but I started picking it back up in college again, and then just, you know, as like Austin and The Rock kind of faded away, and I would tune in here and there and saw like, you know, the beginnings of John Cena and Randy Orton, and just thought, meh. Right. Not that entertained by this. And yeah. I didn't watch for a long time. And, you know, obviously, those of us who aren't kids, Knew kind of what was going to happen with the with the casket, right? Yeah. But it's still fun. I mean, see, so you, you essentially have three groups of people: the kids who have never really seen this before, and they're still kind of in awe of the Undertaker, and you know they they love the shtick. You've got some of us who are old enough to remember, you know, prior to prior to the biker gimmick when he was, you know, pulling stuff like this and. For us, it's a good throwback. And then you have the third group of people who are just killjoys and who just, you know, they just can't seem to appreciate anything. 
you know? Right. So, yeah, you uh, kind of kind of expect them to start chanting like Mark Calloway at the Undertaker or something. Oh, jeez. They gotta be so snarky. Not, not going to be a good moment in the uh, the original Sheik's uh, living room, man room, computer desk, when uh, he starts hearing people chant Mean Mark Callis. That's what I meant to say, Mean Mark Callis, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not going to be a good day for me when I hear the snarky fans chanting that at The Undertaker. Yeah, that would just be absurd. Yeah. All right, well, so let's get back to the match itself. Um, yeah. You know, this is one that we kind of expected was going to be... I think we made a lot of predictions at one point about possible opponents for The Undertaker, and we pretty much settled on Lesnar, I thought. Yeah. Um, I thought The Undertaker, he's got... He looks different. He looks skinnier. Uh, but when he was doing his punches at Lesnar and, you know... Did the uh, ran the ropes? Yeah, I mean he looked pretty uh, pretty spry. I thought. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around for a couple months or, you know, shows up at, at SummerSlam and faces somebody like Sting or something like that. Oh, that'd be. Um, he certainly doesn't. He certainly doesn't look like he's on his last leg. I mean, uh, he probably he probably is, you know, getting close to wrestling his last match. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has. Another half dozen pay-per-view matches in him. I think the question everybody wants answered is, did he try DDP yoga? Oh. You know, it seems to be working for uh, for a lot of those guys. Some of the uh, recent Hall of Famers. <clears throat> yeah, and like in Kane, I mean, he looks in better shape than he's ever been in. Yeah. A little, so. little svelte. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, so... So, yeah, it looks like he's still got his chops, and we know Lesnar always, he always seems to bring it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, it could be a really great match, but, I mean, there's really literally no possibility Lesnar wins, right? Yeah, I really just don't think so. I think Lesnar, if he had been around for a few years and hadn't taken so much time in MMA and kind of still try to do things with WWE or, you know, if, if there weren't rumors that he's going to go back there, I think there might be a chance that they would want to, you know, consider something like that. But I think at this point, the writing's on the wall that he's, you know, it's not like he's going to be around for another 10 years. So I just, yeah, I really don't Do you think it's it. odd that, the, that he has not, even sniffed the title scene? Um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, they, they talked about it. That he wanted to, you know, and that and this is where I, again, wonder about Punk affecting things. Where, you know, he had talked about deserving his title shot, and then all of a sudden Punk disappears, and all that conversation went away. Right. And he just wants to go after the streak. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they did have plans for it, but Overall, it's like if if you're gonna pump this guy up as a as the beast incarnate and you know youngest champion ever or whatever it was, uh, he should want to go after the belt at some point. You would think so. You would certainly think so. Um, yeah, a little weird, but you know, I think I think there was some writing on the wall that you know the plan for Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 was gonna be Brock Lesnar. So I think given that. 
there wasn't much chance that he was going to really do anything solid at Elimination Chamber. He certainly wasn't going to be involved with the title at WrestleMania. So I think they planted some seeds, and I think we'll see something after WrestleMania. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I'd like to see him get a title shot. I'd like, um, to, I'd like to see him get a title run. How about that? Yeah. And, and I'd really like to see him in a situation where we have some kind of, like, like, like it's unknown what's going to happen. Like, we knew he was going to beat the crap out of the big show at the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. We knew he, you know, in his three-pack of fights with Triple H that, you know, he'd end up winning the best of three. Yep. Uh, I guess we didn't know he was going to lose to John Cena. I, I thought for sure he would have beat John Cena, but I don't yeah, know, for whatever know, reason they didn't do that. You know, I, I think I think there's certainly the possibility that Batista could leave WrestleMania 30 with the title. <clears throat> that in a little bit. And I could see it happening where they want to have Batista against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And I think if you get to that point um, five months from now where those two guys are facing off at the Summer Spectacular, I don't know who would win that match. And I think you would get exactly what you're talking about there where you have a situation where you don't know what Brock's going to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the getting a little less predictability into a lot of these situations would be great. Um, but yeah, especially with him because he's so exciting to watch. Yep. That you just love to to be surprised when he wins or loses instead of just, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't think he, he's the guy to break the streak. I don't, I don't really see how the Undertaker himself would want that, you know. Even if, yeah. if he does want the streak broken, you know, I just I don't think he would pick a guy like Brock Lesnar to do it. Yeah, and particularly after their history, right? He was wasn't Undertaker one of the guys that was upset about Brock leaving because Undertaker put him over in Hell in a Cell and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's that's possible. I hadn't really uh, hadn't heard about that in a while. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that it's entirely possible. But I, I think they're also. Um, I think they're also somewhat friends, um, but I'm not entirely convinced that uh, Undertaker has much of a say in whether or not the streak gets broken. I think I think if the front office says we want to put over Bray Wyatt next year and we want him to beat the streak, I think Undertaker might say, "Okay, well I'm taking my ball and leaving." But I think short of that, I don't know that there's much he's going to say yes or no. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, do we want to both pick Undertaker? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think it will fall on the card? Do you think it's going to close the show? or? I think you want to give um, a little bit of a break between Triple H, Daniel Bryan, and the uh, the triple threat match for the uh, for the title. So I think the title match has to go on last. Yeah, because they either want the heel to leave and have the whole uh, Superdome booing the shit out of it, or they want the the great moment to end WrestleMania 30 with uh, Daniel Bryan and you know 90,000 fans or however many it's going to be chanting yes. Oh yeah. So I I don't I don't know how you move on from from either of those two things happening. You know, right. I, they, they, it has to be the last scene of the show. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Because especially in really either result, yeah, I mean, the fans wouldn't be able to focus on the next match. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be like, you know, third to last. You'll have like the Divas after take Lesnar and then you'll do the title match. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next one that I mentioned is kind of the most exciting to me, at least right now. We've got Hustle, Respect, and Loyalty. Is that what it is? John Cena. Hustle, Loyalty, Respect. Hustle, Loyalty, Respect. They, they alphabetized uh, it for you, John. Follow the buzzards, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. They're letting uh, Luke Harper talk a little bit now, too. Yeah. That, but, uh, that guy's scary as crap. Like, he's got dead eyes. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, when I uh, when I attended the live event uh, a couple months ago, he was scary. Like, I mean, he was 15, 20 feet away from me standing in the ring. <clears throat> And he was looking dead at uh, at whoever was in the corner um, that was right there by me. Mm-hmm. And he was like looking dead in my direction, and I was like, "Yeah, you keep that guy on the other side of the rail because I don't want any piece of that dude." <laughs> in um, all your years of attending shows, he's he's one of the scarier guys you've seen. Yeah, legit. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I've seen some scary guys. And uh, it's kind of dumb, but uh, I I was doing some stuff on um, WWE 2K14 or 13 or whatever the game is, mm-hmm. and uh, I set up the uh, the trio of the Wyatts, you know, the Wyatt family. And when I made their custom entrance, I I, I picked uh, Harper first instead of Bray Wyatt. When they all come into the ring, it's like the three of them, but they focus on whoever you choose as Superstar 1. It was Luke Harper. Dude, I was like, wow, this guy is hes crazy. He could he could be the leader of that group. Yeah. I wouldn't be disappointed. No doubt. They they really live the gimmick, you know? I mean, oh, they yeah. Don't, they don't ever break character for a second. And I think I pointed out to you once before, and its he's maintained it, I'm... I'm Pretty sure that Bray Wyatt does not blink when they're walking to the ring. He probably doesn't. And he's got that lantern. He just he just has his eyes fixated on the ring. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot of really good promos. I mean, and that's you know that's what really drew me into wrestling back in the day was was guys that were giving good promos and vignettes like Razor Ramon and things like that. And so you know the work that Bray Wyatt does is. It's just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I, I, somebody was saying online on our favorite forum, a squared circle right here in our squared circle, um, <laughs> that it would be interesting since the Wyatts have now started announcing where they're at. Yeah. You know, like Houston, we're here, things like that. Yeah. That they're built from Louisiana. They could say we're home instead of we're here. Interesting. That would be quite a pop, I would think. You, you know, I would think so. people already, already pop for what they're doing, just, so, you know, because they always pop for whatever yeah. town you're in. But Yeah. And, uh, you know, people don't like John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> this is a potential for changing of the guard, you know, like a new generation wrestler taking on the old guard. Yeah. No, I could, I could see that. That's a, it's an interesting point. I, You know, I always just... 
thought of them as being billed from somewhere creepy. Never really gave a lot of thought to it. But uh, yeah, I think it's like Lafayette, Louisiana. Is technically, I don't think they really say it, but that's what it's listed as. I remember back in the day, Louisiana Lafayette breaking up uh, some of my NCAA brackets. Louisiana oh, yeah. Lafayette. Yeah. Oh wait, now it's saying snake bite Florida. Maybe that's. Yeah, whatever. He could still say they're home. I don't know. I think that'd be a cool moment because I think he's gonna get, he's gonna get a lot of fan support. Oh yeah. He just does such good work, and that that match at uh, Royal Rumble with Daniel Bryan. I mean, that was just incredible. Yep. And you know, I think I think they have some some stuff planned for for that guy in the uh, in the coming year or two. Because um, if you think about it. He beat Daniel Bryan two months ago, or three months ago, however, you know. Um, yep. And now he's fighting John Cena at WrestleMania. And they beat the Shield, right? Last uh, I, I, You know, honestly, that match was so crazy, I don't even remember who who picked up the victory. Um, Pretty sure they did, yeah. I got you covered. Uh, yeah, they did. Yep, they did. So, I mean, you know, they're getting pretty good push. Oh, yeah. Question is, how much further will it go? And I think that is probably the question to consider when looking at this match. And really, the answer to that question can really affect how you view this match. How do you, how do you, how do you look at it? Um... Well, I, uh, you know, one of the things that excites me about this is kind of what I just said, uh, that it's like a new generation wrestler against the old guard. Um, and, you know, it's not just any new generation wrestler. It's a guy that really looks to have star written on him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this could be this could be the opportunity for them to, to create a new star. And, I, you know, frankly, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, he's one of the best options they've had come along since, especially since I picked it back up. I mean, I, I think Damian Sandow is really solid. I think, uh, like most people, I find you know all the Shield guys to be pretty solid. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know Bray Wyatt just seems to have something extra. Uh, he's he's got so much charisma. Um, and I, I would think that John Cena would would be willing to do it. Uh, I think it would be good for everyone if they did it. So, yeah, I mean, I think the winning streak continues. I don't see any reason for it to stop. Um, I think that they're going to have a 20-minute match probably, and it's it's going to be incredible. Uh, but he'll get over. Yeah, Maybe I just, with a lot of help from his friends. I don't know, but... Potentially. I just... I've seen the way that they've been building this match, and it seems like... Bray Wyatt has been getting the advantage over Cena. I feel like his promos have been better. I feel like, um, you know, they, they beat him down and they put the uh, the mask on him, tied him up in the ropes. I feel like the Wyatt family is getting their push before the match. So I'll be really interested to see what they do on Raw because I would really like for John Cena to get some opportunity where he like locks the uh, 
the Wyatt family members in a closet and beats yep. the hell out of Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt kind of like is bleeding or, you know, laid out on the floor laughing and saying, you know, the buzzards are still coming or something like that. Yeah. I feel like John Cena needs to get the advantage if if we're going to have any idea that that Bray Wyatt might win. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think that's definitely what we'll see tomorrow. Uh, speaking of which, uh, since you haven't mentioned, I guess, are you not attending? Attending? Raw tomorrow? I'm not. I'm not. Um, yeah, I know you've actually, been to it the last few times it was there, I think. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm going to be skipping it this time. You know, yeah. I, I probably still have the opportunity to go, but... Uh, no, I'm I'm focusing my monetary uh, my mon- my monetary capital in a couple other directions right now. Sure. And uh, I decided not to tap the resource that yeah. uh, through which I could get a free ticket to RAW, probably good tickets to RAW. Yeah, you don't want to hit them up too often. Yeah. You don't want to look like a, a mooch. Yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not attending. Uh, That's cool. That's not I attend- no, yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Um, I think last year I was at the Raw before WrestleMania, hmm. and uh, it was all right. It was all right, but uh, yeah, it's probably a difficult show to attend because you know they're not going to really do anything crazy. Yeah, although I think that was the one where the Bella Twins um, dressed up to make fun of the Funkadactyls. Oh yeah, yeah. The padded asses and and uh, yeah, no, that was that's pretty good. But so the match itself, like you said, you're hoping that maybe they show Cena with some offense tomorrow. Yeah, or the uh, or to they, give you a little more doubt about the direction of the match. Yeah, or I'd like to see something where John Cena gets it stipulated that the Wyatt family members are. Band from ringside or something, just yeah. some some sort of advantage, some sort of idea that he might not be totally getting punked out here. Which they did with Daniel Bryan, I believe, at the Royal Rumble. They they barred the other guys in the family from coming down. That sounds right. In fact, I think I want to say Bray even like offered it or something. It was just like all straight up. Right. But. I'm not as optimistic as you are. I think I think Bray Wyatt will eventually get a win over John Cena. But I just I don't see it happening at WrestleMania 30. I'm sad to say I'm going to be picking John Cena to win. We got to disagree on some. Absolutely. All right. And it works out it works out for the best here because if I'm right then I'm right and I'm happy. And if I'm wrong then Bray Wyatt wins, and I'm happy. So yeah, well, you know, you can just just wear your Fruity Pebbles T-shirt that I know you have. You won't admit to me that you're a closet John Cena fan. You know, I I, I wear a uh, a Cocoa Pebbles T-shirt hmm. with Darren Young on the front. <laughs> there you go. That's how I wear my. Speaking family. of which, uh, talk about falling off the face of the earth. We got yeah. a feud with the primetime players, and now they're gone. It, <laughs> man, is it? Is it terrible if I say that he should have had a contractor look at the floor before he stepped out of the closet? Hey, oh. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, 
I am on record as saying I really like the primetime players and that I would have pushed them. I did call Darren Young the Marty Jannetty of the group. Uh, and I, ha- I think I have said before that uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have given Marty Jannetty a title, although I guess that was that was off the record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I was uh, questioning whether you thought they ever handled anybody correctly. Oh yeah, what did I, I you say? You often yeah, say that, somebody's not being handled correctly. Yeah, they they drop the boat. They drop the ball. They missed the boat. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, was there anybody that they didn't drop the ball with? Yeah, yeah, King we were Kong pretty clear Bundy. that Marty Jannetty is one of them. Huh? Yeah, Marty Jannetty, King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, let's <laughs> let's move it on. We got six more to go. I think we should go right into the other major match here is uh, Dan O'Brien versus Triple H. Yep. Um, really cool build up with the whole yes movement, you know, with all the people being in the ring. and I mean, Triple H kind of gave in pretty quick on that, but it was still a really cool scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the beatdown, I guess the week before last, I mean, that was brutal. Yeah, where they, uh, they had the fake cops that they admitted were fake that uh, tied Daniel Bryan's hands behind his back and then let Triple H just kick the hell out of him. Yeah, and, and Triple H like pulled him out of the ring and he just landed flat on the, you know, the the mats out there. Oh yeah. No arms to brace himself. It was just like, oh, I can't have felt good. And how crazy was that chair shot where Triple H kind of pulled him out from underneath the bottom rope and put his head against the uh, yeah the corner ring post and then wham. If if you if you watch that back, look at Steph's face. She's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like she almost she looks like she can almost not believe what she just saw. Right. Uh, that was a good moment. Yeah, and that was that was a cool little addition to the whole thing is having her out there like with that nasally voice just cheering it on, you know. Oh yeah. It's not you know, it just makes it a different kind of feel than a normal beatdown. Absolutely. Yeah, so so that was brutal. Uh you know, for as much garbage as everybody gives Triple H, I mean, he does put on performances. Oh, he's talented. That was that was uh, one of the more gripping scenes I'd I'd seen on wrestling in a while. Uh, I'm I'm definitely a hater with three capital H's, and I can even admit that he's a good performer, and uh, at times he's great at making people look great. This is one of them. Oh, yeah. We had a little discussion about that online, about where he sits in the pantheon of stars. Yep. Again, yeah, and, and I'd be interested to see what other people think about that discussion, but uh, I don't think we, we have almost, much time to get into that tonight. We could almost do, like, you know, some sort of top 10 or top 15 of, like, most important wrestlers in our lifetime or something like that, you know, and then see where we end up slotting Triple H. And how about this? You would have to get past 10 for me to put Triple H on the list. Oh. oh. I don't know if you'd have to get past 10 for me. But anyway. Of our of our lifetime, the past 30 years? Well, I'm thinking, like, since the 90s, you know, since wrestling really picked up steam. Yeah. Since, since WrestleMania 4, how about The WrestleMania that? era, I guess, would be one way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So that would be 30 years. All right, whatever. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the count in my head. Go ahead. That's fine. 
Uh, let's do the match, though. Yeah. So the winner of this is going to be in the main event. Who? Uh, this has got to be early in the card. I guess it, there's no way it's going to open, do you think? I absolutely don't think it'll open the show. Um, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised... Well, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they had it next to last... Just because you know Triple H wanting to screw Daniel Bryan, just in the off chance that Daniel Bryan does win, right? Yeah. But uh, plus, no, and, I, and if and if Daniel Bryan say say it does open the card and Daniel Bryan wins, then it's like, are you kind of cannibalizing the rest of the show? You know, with people being too excited about Bryan and just yesing throughout every other match. Um, I think that would be I think that would be a great thing though. Hmm. Yeah, have a hot crowd for four hours because of uh, a great opening match. Yeah, you know, and, and if I'm if I'm gonna lay a bet down, I actually think it might open the show. That's a, that's a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong, pretty bold prediction. Just because I feel like it is it is such a huge event. Um. You know, they, they know they're going to have everybody tuned in. I, I don't know. Because they're, they're going to have a pre-show, so it's not like it's going to be the first thing we see. Right. You know, they'll have a chance to do all the hype packages in the hour leading up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I think I think Daniel Bryan's got to win this. I think most people are probably going to predict that. But I do think we're going to see a hell of a match. Oh, well... I think there's a strong chance that we'll see one hell of a match. Um, I think that, that the odds are pretty well in that favor. Um, I think if it whether or not it opens the show, I think if they have Triple H win, I think that's that's going a bit too far on kind of telling the fans to go screw themselves. I, I Right. I don't think WWE would do that. I mean, uh, yeah. No I mean, you'd, you'd probably have people leave. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, probably be from nosebleeds, but yeah, I, I could see people leaving. Yeah. So here, here's a question for you because this occurred to me. So we're both saying that Daniel Bryan wins, right? Mm-hmm. How about this scenario? I mean, if you want to copy my pick, you can. Sure. Oh uh, well, I'm the one with uh, two different Daniel Bryan T-shirts. Yeah. So. All right, go ahead. So how about this scenario? How about uh, we have a match of huge importance with Daniel Bryan opening the show, and uh, one of the guys comes out with his uh, with his lady friend, mm. and the opening bell rings. Triple H leans over the top rope and gives Stephanie a kiss. He turns around and gets kicked in the face by Daniel Bryan. The match is over in 17 seconds. Right, the flying knee. How would you like that? How would you like for Daniel Bryan to get the ultimate comeuppance by winning a match the same way he lost two years yeah. ago? That would be pretty amazing. Wouldn't that be money? Is this is this the first time you've heard that predicted? Um, no. I, I haven't seen it predicted anywhere that he's going to win just like uh, he lost two years ago. I, I think I actually had seen someone say that. Oh, dagger. I, I thought I was going to be the first because I was like... That's fine. It's the first time it's been said on these airwaves. Nice. I'll take it. Take it. Yeah. None of our callers brought it up. Nice. Yeah, nice. so, uh, no, that would be pretty amazing. I can't imagine they would 
do it, obviously, but just because, you know, if anybody's going to get pitched out, I don't think it's going to be Triple H. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not, but that would be amazing. So, okay, we're in agreement that Daniel Bryan wins the match. We're in agreement that it's probably going to be a hell of a match. You know what I really want to see um, as far as how they start the match? You remember WrestleMania 17 uh, where they had the just the epic build for Rock versus Austin? Yes. And when they got to the ring, I mean, they didn't... I guess it was Austin maybe was introduced second, and he didn't pose or anything. He just went right after the Rock. They just started punching each other. Like, that's what I want to see. Nice. You know, like... You want fisticuffs before the bell. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, no playing around. Like, we know they hate each other. There's, We've been waiting to see Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. I know everybody laughed about how they were like, oh, let's give the fans what they want, you and me at WrestleMania. Right. Which isn't exactly what the fans want. But we do want to see them fight. Right. You know, we want to see Daniel Bryan get over on them. So... So you, so you don't want to see the opening bell ring and for them to walk slowly towards the middle of the ring, get chest-to-chest, nose-to-nose, and have them stare down and glare at each other. And You mean nose-to-chest? Yeah, start huffing and puffing, and uh, Daniel Bryan get pushed back a little bit and then walk back up. You don't want to see something. Yeah, or like the test of strength. None of that BS. Uh, you don't want to see Daniel Bryan walk out of the middle of the ring and hold one hand up high? Well, that would be pretty <laughs> funny, actually. <laughs> Triple H would actually start laughing. If Triple H looked at him like, what are you talking about? And then Daniel Bryan just like starts kicking his legs. Right. Because that's Triple H's weak point, right? His legs. Doesn't his, uh, his quad and hammy, they uh, they that's like true. to get out. Yeah. It's, uh, I think he's probably healed from that by now. Yeah, well, prob- uh, probably. <laughs> Although, you never know. Vince McMahon uh, ran out to the ring that one time, jumped in the ring and blew a hammy. That's just the funniest. No, he blew both hammies. Yeah. That is just the craziest thing. So, all right. Is there any is there any chance that Triple H taps out to Daniel Bryan? Ooh. I mean, he's he's tapped out to Brock Lesnar or broke his arm, whatever. He tapped out uh, to Chris Benoit, I think. Hmm. He's tapped out to a few people. Some of them at WrestleMania. No, I don't see that happening. No, that's not really what Brian's finisher is anymore. I mean, he'll no, use I, it, but he's he's certainly been more focused on using the knee. Yeah, it's more. I exciting. would love it if I would love it if Daniel Bryan came out to the ring on Raw, and was like Triple H. Not only am I going to beat you, but I'm going to make you quit. I'm going to make you tap out. I'm going to make you say I quit. I'll stop fucking with you. Everybody taps. There you go. Yeah, I mean that might be a good way to do it have him win by a submission and then win with the knee later. Yeah. But well, there's no way Batista or Randy well, I guess Randy Orton would tap, but I don't I don't see Batista wanting to tap out. No. All right. So we're both picking Brian, uh, which would put him in the triple threat. I think we'll talk about that last. Yeah. Uh how about the battle royal? I I don't see a list anywhere, but we know like Virtually all the names. Oh, here it is. Um, there is a yeah. list. On Wikipedia, yeah. they have 26 of them. Yeah, you're right. I, for some reason, I was I had the page open, but I didn't even see that list at the bottom. All right, <laughs> so we've got a few big names in there. Del Rio, Big E, uh, Christian. Should we run through the names and see who we Mark think Henry. might win? 
But I didn't want to name them all. I mean, it's 26. Yeah, we don't have to name our, all of them. Our two these. listeners have their eyes glazed over. <laughs> but uh, I think like our Shane, two li- So there are some big names in there. Yeah, I think I think our two listeners like lists, though. Oh, yeah. I think that's the only reason they listen to us. Well, I've already named a lot of them, but I don't think we really need to name Justin Gabriel. Right. Uh, yeah. So who, who are your uh, your pick to be the last two, the, the two guys that you think might win? The last two. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be a scenario where it's like Santino and Del Rio, where you, you, know, you know one of them can win, one of them won't. You know, I was going to say I thought Rusev might win, but he's not even listed yet. I thought they'd already said he was in it. Hmm. I don't know. So you think there's a chance he could win it? Yeah, I just because they made a big deal about how it took like six guys to get him out at the Rumble. Yeah. And it just seems kind of tailor-made for a guy like that. But maybe he's too new. Um, yeah, I would bang him. show. I think definitely has a sh- chance, given that he's like the modern incarnation of Andre the Giant. Yeah, and, and they've made a point a couple of times of of bringing up just how terrible his record at WrestleMania is. Yeah, he's like three and seven or something stupid like that. Yeah, uh, I th- I think he. In fact, if, if Rusev's not in it, I'm probably going to pick Big Show to win. Okay. I'm thinking Sheamus is going to last a long time. Yeah, I can see that. So I might say Big Show and Sheamus at the end. Okay. Two faces, but, you know. And, you know, I kind of agree with both of those, but to be different, I'll say that uh, I kind of like the idea of Cody Rhodes winning it. Hmm. Because that would be a really good feather in his cap and a way to kind of break away from the the Broads stuff for a little while. He'd have to eliminate Goldust at some point probably, right? Yep, and they could talk about no hard feelings, but then maybe Gold Dust could be sitting in the background, you know, over the next couple of months while Cody Rhodes gets some opportunities. And they didn't he eliminate Gold Dust in the Royal Rumble? I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, there was something along those lines. Yeah. All right, so keep just, talking. I'll check it. Yeah, so I, I just I see that as being something that uh, would lead into some other good things. Um, and I also like what they've been doing lately with, with Dolph Ziggler, where he's kind of counting up the number of wins they've, he's had in the world. Been doing stuff with Ziggler lately. But yeah, he's been winning. He's been winning matches at like, uh, you know, just after the first hour ends, hmm. his match will start. So you know, it's like that, that uh, bathroom trip opportunity. Sure. And uh, you know, they have him counting up his wins. He is a former uh, heavyweight champion. I could see him getting to the end. So to your point, actually, Goldust eliminated Cody Rhodes. So it would be it would be the reversal if they had Cody win. Nice. So that does make a lot of sense. So out of all those names, do you see anybody who would be believable to win who you hope doesn't win? And as you think about that, I'll tell you who I pick. Who's the guy who I hope doesn't win, but could? Great Khali. <laughs> no. No, no, no. This is a guy who could win. I'm thinking you'd, you're going to say Del Rio. I'm going to say Rey Mysterio. Ah. Uh. Because I could see them wanting to say, you know, Rey Mysterio, he's a small guy, but he's still 
you know, great competitor and this would be a huge feather in his cap. I think he could win. I think they could have him uh, win this match, and I really hope they don't. Yeah, that'd be awful. Yep. I mean, the guy weighs two pounds. Tell me 30 dudes aren't going to get him out. Yeah. But he has won a Royal Rumble before. Right. So the precedent is there. Yeah, they've, they've made a lot of poor choices in the past, that's for sure. Yes, they have. <laughs> um, so he's my pick for guys who could win, but I hope to God they don't. Yeah, I guess if I were to say something along those lines, Mysterio would definitely be one of them. Uh, probably Del Rio for me. I just, uh, I'm just so tired of him. Yeah. Just does nothing for me. Yep. And uh, maybe maybe Kingston. I'm a little tired of him. And yeah. I can see him winning. But yeah, I can see them finally throwing him a bone for all the uh, amazing spots he's done in Royal Rumbles. To finally let him go ahead and win one. Yeah. Christian would be my other choice. I don't. I really don't want to see him win this because. I don't know, for for as much as I like Christian, I just, his accomplishments, yeah, they just kind of fade away, and I don't want to look back at the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and see uh, Christian is the guy who wins it. Yeah. I thought you were a peep. I am. I just, not in this case. All right, so you picking Rhodes and to last eliminate Ziggler? Yeah. Okay. We'll see if either of us are even close on that. I'm picking show to last eliminate Sheamus. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> now we've got the Divas 14. Yeah. Vicky Guerrero Championship Invitational. Yeah. Uh, I guess I can name these ones. AJ, Oksana, Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, Eva Marie, Layla, Naomi, Natalia, Nikki, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, and Tamina Snuka. And I think we all did a collective uh, double take when Rosa Mendez was announced and found out that she's still employed. <laughs> yep. Just a little surprising. And uh, Lena's been gone for a long time too. Yep. That's oh. my that's that's one of my girls though. Yeah. Yeah, I she could uh, maybe she resurfaces in this match. I'd like to see that. So I guess the question is does AJ Lee leave? Still a champion. Nope. Absolutely not. I don't even know how this match is going to occur. I don't know whether it's a battle royal. It says it's a 14 Diva single fall match. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But I mean, You would hope it's elimination style. Yeah, but it's... Well, I don't know about that, because I don't know that I want to see 13 Divas pin... 13 Divas pinfalls. You, you know mean what 13 I mean? roll-ups? Roll-ups, submissions. I could see AJ tapping out 12 of them. No, but see, the joke is that they always end in a roll-up. Yeah, I know. Well, except for AJ matches. Right. She gets them tapping on her ass. <clears throat> That's true. Don't think I didn't notice that. So who are your... I mean, who do you think is going to be able to take it off of her? Do you think it's going to be Tamina? Sorry, I, I zoned out there for a second when you said take something off of AJ. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tamina would be an interesting story, but I, I, I don't know that we've seen enough personality from her yet. I, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be Nikki, Nikki and her Bellas that uh, 
Yeah, I think that's a good choice. We're bolted on Bella's. <clears throat> she's been uh, she's been getting some extra push, you know. And she's got a new set of moves that she's using. Yep. Was it the uh, the the Bella rack or the Nikki rack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no torture in that rack, no. except for maybe on her lower back when she's like ten years from now. She could do that anytime she wants to me. Sure. Well, she probably couldn't get me up there, but uh, that's a totally different story. Yeah, probably not me either, but. I'd be willing to lose weight for it. Yeah. That might get me doing DDP yoga. There you go. There um, you go. Yeah, I I mean, AJ, we've predicted her to lose a few times, and she never does. Yep. Clearly. Um, now, she, now she doesn't have CM Punk behind her uh, backstage. Yeah, that's true. Her out. So, I like your pick of Nikki, but I don't, I don't want to agree since there's 14 options here. You could always pick left eye. Left eye. Cameron. Why? You just think she looks like left eye? Well, no, doesn't she have the, uh, or is that Naomi? What are you talking about? Have you not seen the... uh, What does she have? The Funkodactyls? The one who broke her orbital bone. Is that Cameron? Who is that? She broke her orbital? I don't remember that. You don't remember one of the Funkodactyls breaking her orbital bone and, and being out for a while? And Why would I remember that? When did that happen? That happened like two months ago. Okay. I'm going to have to look. And she's been coming out to the ring with a patch over her left eye? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Wow. You really do leave the room when the divas are on, don't you? I guess so. Wow. Really? I don't remember that. Wow. Uh, uh, I mean, Nikki got kicked in the face by Tamina and like lost a tooth. I don't see anything about them <laughs> getting a broken orbital bone in the on the Wikipedia page. John, Google Naomi eye patch. Oh, Naomi suffered an eye injury in her match with Oksana. Oh. Yeah. I don't ever remember her coming out with an eye patch. I must have just glossed over that. Yeah, you should you should Google Naomi eye patch. I think All right, now that we've completely derailed the show. <laughs> See, I think what the problem is, John, is uh you're you're watching the uh the ass bump when they're entering the ring a little too a little too closely. No, I'm not. I'm not. Trust me. That's no, it's our it's okay. Yeah. So, so, so the fungodactyl that was feuding with uh, AJ before she broke her eye socket. Any okay. chance she wins? Which is Naomi, the one dating Anuso. Yep. Uh, no. I mean, she's she's a decent worker, but no, I don't see her winning this. All right. I think so Nikki's probably the best option, but for the sake of being different, I'll just say AJ retains. Ooh. Okay. About that. Yeah, the way I, those the way I, I like them apples. The way I see it, it comes down to the three N options. It's either going to be Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, or no one to take the belt off. I'll of eat my hat if it's Natalia. Huh? I said I would eat my hat if it's Natalia. Which which hat is that? You got to pick one. That's just a Adidas one. 
All right, well, don't don't eat that one, and don't eat the uh, the one that looks like the Chicago Blackhawks, but really is for Portland. Hmm. Don't eat either of those. Right on. I think because WrestleMania is in New Orleans, that you should eat one of your Saints hats. So you'll have to. Yeah, that's well, <laughs> the one that I have that I that I would potentially dine on is probably got all sorts of undiscovered species on it. It's a little old. Yeah. Um, I figured as much. So speaking of Natalia, though, yeah, she's like Miss Drama Queen on uh, the latest Total Divas. Yeah, Although so it's really more Summer Rae, I guess, that's causing it. But Natalia does not like Summer Rae. So we were talking about this a little bit. Season one, you were not a fan of Ava Marie at all. You don't have to say state that in the past tense. I'm still not a fan of hers. All, all red, everything, all yeah. red everywhere. What is it? Yes, it's something like that. Yeah. Um, has Natalia taken that spot for you? As I the, just uh, never really liked Natalia anyway. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, she's not that hot. I mean, she's right. certainly attractive, but she's not like she's not in that stratosphere of divas like some of the other ones. Well, let, let me let me put it this way: um, a couple years ago, I would say that she wasn't in the universe mm. of. Divas that are hot, right? And now she's trying to get there. She's doing a good job. She's fun. But I, I wouldn't put her in my top ten hottest divas that are in this match. But yeah, I'm just saying overall, you know. So that's part of the problem is that I was never like into her physically. Yeah. But and then her personality is just kind of annoying. On the show, it definitely is. I'm I'm still not convinced that her personality on the show. Is uh, is real? Yeah, I mean things are embellished, but you know, a lot of the times, you know, couples there's always one that kind of dominates the conversation. Yeah. And like Tyson Kidd, I'm guessing he's a quiet guy, and he's he's shown as being quiet on the show. Yeah. I'm guessing that's pretty real. So, yeah, I could imagine her being the type to just run her mouth constantly. <laughs> because she's got a guy that just sits there and probably just says, well, whatever, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. So, all right, so she's probably taken over for you as the most annoying part of Total Divas? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this past episode, it was really, Summer Rae was probably the most annoying, but... And I have yet to watch the latest episode, but... Uh... To me, it seems like everything that uh, all the hatred that's coming towards Summer Rae from the other divas is kind of seems unwarranted to me. Seems like they're just being catty with the new girl. Well, it does sound like she she uh, flirts with everybody, and she's like admitted that she does that. Yeah. So you know, most chicks aren't gonna let that fly too long. Yeah, but I mean. I, and I haven't seen the latest episode. Does she really flirt much with Daniel Bryan to the point where... Well, Brie she Bella... pulled him aside like when they passed each other in the hallway or something and she put her hands on him. So, Like just on his shoulder or... Yeah, kind of. Okay. But I mean, you know, you know, it's touchy no matter what, so... Yeah. It's a little bit of a debacle. Yeah, but if you're Brie Bella, do you really need to be all worried about that? No. But, you know, that's, that's the way they are. 
There's no way a chick like uh, Summer Ray wants to uh, be with the lumberjack like Daniel Bryan. Probably not. But I'm guessing from her perspective, she's thinking he's a top guy. She wants to be on his good side, you know. Yeah. Because he could potentially influence things that happen with her down the road. Who knows? Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but uh, I thought it was hilarious, and I think I texted you. Um, she said something like, because Natalia went and talked to Fandango. Yeah. And uh, Summer Rae found out about it, and she's like, now that she's brought Fandango into it, she's crossed the line. Yeah. And I just thought it's just hysterical, because they won't call him by his real name like they do with everybody else. They just call him Fandango. Right. I don't know. <laughs> and they, in the second episode, he's like, he went up to Eva Marie, and was like, yeah, everybody's talking about those pictures that you took. Yeah. It's weird. And I was like, yeah. yes, he said weird. Yeah, he's brilliant. Still being creepy, Johnny Curtis. Yeah. No, that was that was good. That was good stick. I think it'd be cool if they put if they had like a like if they added an actual storyline with her and somebody fighting over Fandango. That'd be hilarious. Oh yeah. And just have him like just be his usual douchey self. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So anyway, third episode wasn't quite as strong as the second episode. I thought so. Right. Put it to you that way. Well, yeah. I mean, you can only you can only tell your parents about your secret marriage once. So, right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can only make somebody cry on a bus talking about uh, nudie pics that you took eight years ago. You can only do that once. Right. So it's all downhill from here. But they can drag it on. You know, there's a new fight every week. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, you're going with Nikki, I'm going with AJ Lee. That's enough Divas talk for the next <laughs> month. Right. Uh, Shield, who did a literal face turn on Kane. Right. Uh, have been matched up with Kane and the corporate outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog Jesse James. I think it's probably safe to say that this match, out of any of them, was hurt the most from CM Punk and his untimely departure. Very possible. Are you thinking maybe Punk would have been up against Kane and the Shield would have had something more interesting? Yeah. And potentially the New Age Outlaws would be in that title match. Because I don't think you have to have Los Matadores in there. Right. So I think... Kane kind of got screwed over. The New Age Outlaws got screwed over. And I think there's a lot more that the Shield could have been doing at WrestleMania instead of being in another three-on-three. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, although I I am kind of digging this, like, face turn that they're doing. Yeah. Um, because they are really exciting, and the fans of you know, they've been entertaining us for a while now, and fans almost want to cheer for them. That's like... And so they're just like, letting them cheer for them. Yeah, it's New World Order and DX all over again. You right. take uh, you take really cool heels, you let them do cool stuff, you let them live outside the rules, the fans love them, and then they get cheered. Yeah. So, I guess, you know... Aside from who we think is going to win, do you think we'll see any of the teased cracks in the shield 
uh, any fallout from this match that might lead to them breaking up, or do you think maybe they've kind of tabled that for now? I think they've tabled it until after WrestleMania, because, you know, sometimes they do turns at WrestleMania itself, but I just, it's it doesn't happen that frequently. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to save that sort of stuff until after. All right, so let's make some picks. I'm going with the Shield. I don't see any reason why they should lose this match. Yeah, I, I don't either, especially because I don't see any turns happening. I mean, they <clears throat> they spent so long, so many matches, so much time on the shows in the past two years, just showing you that no three-man tandem can beat the Shield. Right. I mean, how many how many main eventers did we Except see? Take right. How many three-man teams did we see take on the Shield? And only the Wyatts were really there to, to yeah. get the win. I think the Shield has to win this match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, there's just... Uh, there would really be no point. I mean, I guess if the Outlaws win and the Shield have, like, a miscommunication and then you start the storyline with them breaking up, but I don't... Like, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, it just doesn't seem like something they're doing right now. Would you rather they have had a triple threat match amongst the member of the shield for uh I initially wanted that but having seen them still together with more of a face angle mm-hmm. I'm really liking it and I'm glad we're getting to see it before they actually break up yeah does this hurt the potential that Dean Ambrose is going to go heel no I think it I think it actually probably solidifies it because if they're all getting cheers and he's the one to be the jerk-off eventually, then he'll go back to being a heel. Right. I think that works pretty well. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the other tag match. We got, I thought it was initially just a one-on-one, or, a, you know, just two two teams with the Usos and Ryback Axel, but I guess now we have a four-way that came out of SmackDown. I didn't really see how that happened. Yeah, I, I didn't see it either. So, um, Usos, Los Matadores, Red Baxel, and the Real Americans. Yeah, it's just chock full of great tag teams here. Uh, try to hold my enthusiasm back a little bit. <laughs> Tons of great tag teams over the past two years, and they got and You're so all... excited that you're just blowing your mic out. Yep. Um, no, I'm, I'm really disappointed with how this match shaped up. I think you have a lot of other tag teams that could have been involved. I think it could have been a great great story where... A lot uh, of other tag teams that could have been involved. Oh, sure. I mean, you didn't have to break up the primetime players. Right. I think they were a great tag team. I think you could have included Mark Henry and um, Big E. Hmm. I think you could have found a way to tag up Big E and... Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. I think you could have put um, Cody Rhodes and Goldust in there and still have them in the uh, Andre the Giant thing. Yeah, it's true. I think, I think there's a ton of stuff that they could have done with this match. I mean, Daniel Bryan's wrestling twice. Why couldn't Cody and uh, Goldust wrestle twice and uh, have that be something of a catalyst to them splitting up after WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I, I do think uh, the Real Americans, at least, are kind of exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I like them. You know, so 
But they've been kind of teasing at a breakup, so I don't know if... But I really wanted to see them get a title run. I don't know if this is the right time for that to happen, but... I think there's probably no better time than now. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like the Usos just blow people away with how great of a team they are. I mean, I, I've i done a few different things to try and tell them apart. And if you stand them still, I can tell one of them has a tattoo and one of them doesn't. Yeah. Um... But, you know, I don't think there's any reason for them to keep holding the belts. And, uh, and you know what else is really confusing about them is that their stage names are Jimmy and Jay. But on Total Divas, Jimmy is called John. Right. So there's just a lot of Jays being thrown around there. Yeah, and I, I want to say one of them's name is Jason. Mm. Something. I don't know. Yeah. But it's... Yeah, it just it, it's all just confusing, and it's hard to tell them apart, and they don't do much to help us out. And that well, maybe one of them me. should get a pair of Hooters. Right. Right. Because I can definitely tell them apart now. Yeah. Um, so, do you, I mean, do you think that they're going to retain? or? I'm going to go with the Real Americans. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Keep copying everything I do. All right, yeah. Real uh, Americans. I said that before you made your pick. How about that? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them win. That's definitely who I'll be rooting for. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with the curveball. Say that... Or I backsole does it. Nice. It's probably a dumb pick, but you already took the real Americans. I want to disagree with you. All right. You know, you can you can pick the Usos retaining if you want. That's probably the highest uh, the highest probability. No, I'm just thinking that Ryback's was probably the lowest probability, so that when it happens, I can be like, "See, I called it, dude." Nice. And then if it doesn't happen, I just we'll never mention it again. Yeah, and, and you're gonna you're gonna get all the other ones right anyway, so I'm gonna need to play catch up. All right. Okay. So last but not least, finally we arrive at the main event which we have determined is going to be Batista, Randy Orton, and Daniel Bryan yes. for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Two belts. Yep. Still two belts. Yeah, and I, I don't know that they're going to drop either one of them anytime soon. They would I look good in the arms of someone chanting yes. It could, and hoisting up both of them at the same time. Yeah. Which I bet would be good. like really difficult if he's already had two matches and each belt weighs like 10 pounds or something, right? Uh, I want to say more than that. By that point, he's he's trying to yes with them. He'd be like, his arms would probably fall off. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so, but I think his adrenaline will be pumping so hard that uh, he'll think he's back home with Brie Bella and he's just pumping her up above his head. Oh, yeah. Just I don't think they'll have any Hmm? Alright. No, just a uh, Whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get to the actual match. Um, you know, the, I like the build-up that they did with uh, some of the back and forth, you know, with everybody basically dragging on Batista, which is pretty great. And then uh, Stephanie slapped him across the face. And I guess uh, Orton and Batista are going to fight tomorrow. Yep. So... He's going to show us what could have been. Yeah, let's see just the 
fantastic uh, work rate, I guess they would call it, of Batista, right? I'm sure he's just going to really put on a show. Yeah, I think we should do a prop bet for how many uh, for how many minutes Randy Orton and Batista use um, side headlocks in that match. You know, I think somebody did a breakdown after Elimination Chamber, didn't he? Fought like Del Rio, right? Uh, yeah. A very forgettable match, and it was seven minutes, and somebody did a breakdown of everything he did. Right. And it was like five punches, a clothesline. Uh, it was just a really short list, you know, and then a spear, and like that was it. And a couple, you know, headlocks. Yeah. So, yeah, not a lot going on there. So, you know, and I feel like this had to be a triple threat because it's like the main events are these world title matches of all. They've been trending around 20 minutes lately. Oh, yeah. So, 20 minutes of Batista, I mean, I don't think that's going to work. He's, uh, he's going to be like laying outside the ring for 10 minutes of it. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. They had to do something. And they picked the guy who uh, arguably has one of the best work rates in the company, if not the business right now. Yep. Now, Randy Orton, uh, who I've been critical of, uh, really more just for his personality. I mean, I think, obviously, his his in-ring ability is... Yes, it's Spider-Man, thank you. His in-ring ability is uh, clearly awesome. Uh, right. But he's developed a little bit of personality recently. Did you catch that... Uh, that moment when he was, I think he was fighting Daniel Bryan, and uh, it was a no, D, no DQ match, and they were on the outside, and he hit him with like the kendo stick or something, and some fan was like, "Ring the bell, is disqualified," and Randy Orton looked at him, and he's like, "There's no bell, it's no disqualification. There's no bell to <laughs> ring." He just starts yelling at the fan. I didn't catch that now. And then he set Bryan up for like a, a belly to back onto the announce table. And he looked over and he's like, you did this. This is your fault. Nice. <laughs> and he threw Brian into the table. Nice. I thought that was that was awesome. Somebody posted the video of it. You know, he's a good performer. Um, and he has personality. It's just, I think you caught him at an unfortunate time where he hasn't been using his personality. He hasn't been uh, used to the best of his ability. I mean... He's kind of handcuffed in this stupid, uh, the stupid angle where he needs the authority to help him win. Yeah. I mean, he was badass a few years ago. Uh, he does some badass stuff. He can cut some interesting promos when he's like the Viper. But I mean, he's been, been the corporate champion who doesn't have any balls over the past few months. Yeah, it's definitely not a good role for him. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like the fact that he's developed a little more. Personality, especially since they've got him in more of a tweener stage over the last few weeks. Yep. Um, so he can do stuff like that. That's almost like, I don't know, it's like comedic, you know? You know, how, how sad is it that WWE has, you know, ever since before SummerSlam, they've been building up Randy Orton to be a guy that you just hate, you just despise, you just, you know, he's that that Richie Rich kid that always gets everything he wants and, you know, has everything handed to him. Yep. They've been doing that. And then they bring back Batista, 
who they want to be like, you know, this badass gladiator who you're supposed to cheer for and, you know, right away. jeans and sunglasses indoors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, cooler than whatever. And, you know, comes in as dominant, beats Del Rio and has, you know, wins the Royal Rumble. How sad is it that Batista ends up being a bigger heel than Randy Orton at the end of all this? How sad is that? I mean, what do you mean as far as like just the lack of foresight? Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a huge failure on their part. I mean, yeah, this is this is the company that when somebody comes in from another company, they like to bury them a little bit, kind of rub their face in the dirt, kind of mess them up a little bit. They want people to get over because WWE wants them to get over. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the way they do things. Except for Chris Jericho. Yeah. But, I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. No, I got you. Um, I think it goes back to what I said earlier in the show, that I think what they did with The Rock and what they're kind of doing with Lesnar got him thinking, okay, we can you know, we can do this with other guys. Um, bring him back, have him almost pre-planned to have certain feuds and matches, and the fans will just be really excited about it. Right. And they just underestimated or overestimated, I guess, the appeal of Batista, uh, which is pretty much non-existent. I mean, yeah, he has a handful of fans, but to your average Joe wrestling fan, like he doesn't, he doesn't move the meter at all. Right. There's really not. I mean, when he first debuted, you know, and he's he's all cut up. You're like, oh, that guy's pretty impressive. Yeah. But. You've seen him enough now to where he's not, and you know, and there's plenty of guys that are huge like him, and yeah, and there's just no personality there. And oh my god, the couple times that he's tried to talk on the mic recently have just been horrible. Yeah, I I just really love it when he just starts telling people to deal with it. Yeah, and that's that's like, I think it's, I think it's a great catchphrase, and it's pretty much the only thing he's got going for him at this point. But you're right. I mean, it is it is pretty much a failure. It was really dumb to even. And, and, and the timing of it, you know, that it's WrestleMania 30, we all kind of pointed to as being, you know, this monumentous WrestleMania, and you, you would have thought that, like, the builds would have started in January, and they'd just be, like, these crazy awesome storylines, and they, like, pinned everything on Batista. Yep. <laughs> on a guy who hadn't wrestled in years. Yeah, that's, that's really dumb. Yep. And they clearly have realized it making it a triple threat. I, I'm not so sure that was the original plan, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> so we're both thinking Daniel Bryan's going to be in it. Yep. Um, so I guess the question is, is a title changing hands? To me, that's 100% lock that a title's changing hands. Yeah, I, I, think, I think everyone is tired of Randy Orton being the champion at this point. Mm-hmm. I think... The writing is on the wall that it's time for a change with Randy Orton. I don't think he can be the face of the company anymore in terms of the angle with the authority, you know, banking on him. I think that's, you know, that's all gone. I think that's done. I think he needs to move on. Yeah. And as long as he's got that belt, he can't move on. Yeah, and I do think that there's a chance that Batista was was guaranteed to win here and that the best they could do to get around the disappointment 
is to get Brian into the match and at least make the fans think that he has a chance to win. If it's already preordained that Batista is going to, you know. Right. Um, because obviously if it was just a one-on-one, I mean, they're just, they, they would totally crap on the match. Um, so they had to get him in there. And uh, so I'm a little worried that, that it's a foregone conclusion that Batista has to win. But for the sake of my prediction, I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. I think they've got to... I think they've realized a mistake uh, and that they have a unique moment here to create an iconic image, you know, that they've had a few in the past. You know, like a lot of people point out the Eddie Guerrero Benoit image at the end of WrestleMania 20. Yeah. That I guess now is never going to be shown again on WWE TV, but at the time it was pretty iconic. Yeah, you'll Uh, just have Eddie Guerrero standing there in the ring with. uh, with confetti coming down on him for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> he retains at WrestleMania 20. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you have other moments like, uh, you know, Hogan slamming Andre. You've got Austin clanging the beers with McMahon at the end of WrestleMania 17. Uh, so I think you got a chance to have another one here. Yeah, And, and I, I think they got to take it. I, I think so, too. And, you know, 10 years before... Uh, Guerrero and Benoit, you had a bunch of superstars get in the ring to lift uh, Bret Hart up onto their shoulders right. at the end of WrestleMania 10. And I think that's what they like doing at the end of these uh, decade-ending WrestleManias. And I think, I think they're going to have Daniel Bryan win, and I think... Uh, I don't know that Confetti's going to drop. Maybe it will. But I think you'll have superstars come out and congratulate them, and yeah. I think you know you're going to get the whole Superdome chanting yes because I think they need to have a huge ending to this huge pay per view. They need to have that huge moment, and I think everyone realizes that it's kind of surreal how many people are willing to chant yes over and over and over again. <laughs> and I don't know how you I don't know how you skip the opportunity to do that. Yeah. On the biggest stage in a huge venue. Yeah, and plus the the kind of like media attention that could come from that. Um you know, if if there ends up being a which and WWE rarely fails to figure out how to get the right, you know, shot captured and the production and all that. Uh, money uh, so they'll have something really exciting at the end of that show that I could potentially see being used on sports center or, you know, some other news outlet might report on it. Just the fact that look at this, you got a stadium of 80,000 people chanting yes at the same time. Like that's just nuts. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. So yeah. And so they could get some of that crossover media attention that they always like to have. I, w- I would think they, they wouldn't pass on that. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it looks like we're in agreement there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's part of me that feels like Batista could win. Um, but I, I just I really don't think they're going to go that route. I think I think they just they, they have to see the writing on the wall. Yeah, and, and like I was saying, I think that I think they probably fully intended to go that route, and he was expecting them to go. 
with him winning. But I would think even he, at this point, has to say, look, I don't want to win. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, don't, I don't even want to deal with that. Right. <laughs> deal with it. Deal with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they just got to make the move. You know, and I, and I, I know that the the uh, the conventional wisdom or the you know the general fans take on this whole situation is that you know they intended to bury Brian and that you know he wasn't in the rumble on purpose and they were going to have him in some stupid match at WrestleMania and I just I'm not quite so sure that that's true. I think they had a good idea of what they're doing. Um, now I don't know that he was necessarily going to make it into this match. But I right. think he was definitely held out of the Royal Rumble on purpose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, th- that slow burn that, that gets quoted, and I think a lot of people get annoyed because they think there's no way the WWE could actually plan out a long-term storyline. But if you look at it in its entirety, it really makes sense. You know, from, from the 18-second match through, you know, the heel run where he's upset at everyone and then, you know, starts team friendship with Kane and uh, gets his chance finally being handpicked by John Cena, uh, wins, you know, and then gets screwed by Triple H. And, you know, all the ups and downs, they all really make sense in a, in a broad narrative taking place over two years yeah, since I, WrestleMania 28. I think so. And I think, I think all the fans that just went nuts uh, wanting to support Daniel Bryan, I think at times that kind of helped push uh, WWE's hand in the right direction. I think, I think that had a lot to do with it. I don't, I don't necessarily know that this was their plan the whole time, but I think they've taken a step back and said, okay, look, it's obvious that, uh, that this guy's not a flash in the pan, that you know, no matter what we do with this guy, he's going to be over, and the fans love him. We got lightning in a bottle, so... What can we do to cash in on this, and what can we do to do that in a smart way? What what can we do to help drag this out as long as possible? Yeah. Um, so he had to it. get screwed along the way. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. you can just give him the belt five right. months ago and just have that be it, or you know, have him have a long reign after SummerSlam. Like there was no reason to to cash it in that early. Right. Right. Um. You know, I think I'd really love to know the full story behind what's going on with CM Punk. Part of me thinks that he didn't really quit over creative differences. Part of me thinks, you know, some concussion that he got was worse than they want to let on. Um, You know, I I just... The reports have said that CM Punk was going to face Triple H. If that's the case... What are they doing with Daniel Bryan? Yeah. You don't you don't go from being, you know, in a lower card match against Kane to being matched up against Triple H and potentially being in the main event, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he would have continued with the Wyatts, just keep dragging that out, or I guess he probably wouldn't have faced Undertaker. I mean, maybe Brock Lesnar. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I just... Maybe the Wyatts would have faced, maybe Wyatt would have faced Taker and Brian would have faced Lesnar and then I don't know where you put Cena, but... Yeah. 
That's that's interesting. Well, Cena, Undertaker, Wyatt, Brian. Oh yeah, Cena, Undertaker, and then you know, you could just have Wyatt's doing something else, and then put Brian with Lesnar. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. I don't know. No, that would be interesting if we ever could find out what happened. Which I don't know. Maybe we'll have to wait until CM Punk the book comes out. I guess there's always the potential that CM Punk shows up on Raw. If he shows up on Raw, I don't know what they do with him at this point. You mean tomorrow? Yeah. Well, there's no chance. Yeah, I I don't think so either. They need all my hats. (laughs) What what are the odds that he shows up at WrestleMania and helps somebody? What are the odds that he helps Daniel Bryan win and that that's the point? Zero. Zero? Zero. I don't think we're seeing him for a while. Okay. If ever. Hmm. Are we going to see him on The Ultimate Fighter? Is that I think I think we'll eventually see him back in WWE. This guy's always come back. Will, will it be after he has a stint in uh, UFC? I don't. I can't see that happening. You can't see him going to UFC. I mean, I know he's into it, but I just. I mean, those guys. Don't get me wrong. He's a good athlete, but I, I just don't. I don't think he's good enough to be in the UFC. I can't see you that happening. So? No. I saw I saw a video where Henry Gracie and CM Punk were reenacting um, uh, something from one of the early UFC events. It was I want to say it was Dan Severn versus Hoist Gracie, mm-hmm. and they were reenacting it. And I can't remember. I think Punk was playing the role of Hoist Gracie. And Henry Gracie was, you know, was talking to the camera about what went on. And when you see Punk react as if he were Hoist Gracie, you can really see a lot of skill. You can really see that he knows what he's doing in terms of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I think. He I mean, I don't doubt that he, he's capable. I just, I think sometimes, you know, UFC's on a different level. Like that's, you know, maybe if he were doing like a smaller promotion for a little bit or something. I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe. I mean, I, I think Brock, Brock Lesnar was able to do it because he had such an extensive background. Well. And I just don't. I mean, Punk's been focused on professional wrestling his his whole life. Right. I mean, you and I, you and I were there um, watching as Brock Lesnar beat. Um, I want to say he beat Frank Mir. I think that's the one we were. Sounds making. right. Um, and I, I'm not saying CM Punk is going to have a meteoric rise like what we saw with Brock Lesnar. I'm. I'm I'm not going to predict that. I'm not going to predict that. You know, he goes in and beats somebody who's you know, high standing and, and gets a title reign or anything like that. But I I certainly think that there's potential that he could run through the Ultimate Fighter house, that he could beat some of those scrubs, and that, you know, I don't know that he'll get a title shot against John John Jones, you know, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's possible. I just, I would think for him, like he would probably only do it if he felt like he was going to be able to be near the top. And 
I don't think that's likely, so therefore I don't think he's going to do it. But, I mean, that's kind of as simple as I can do my analysis, you know. He just doesn't seem like the type of person that would settle for, like, having a few undercard matches and that having that be his UFC career, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it's one of those things where we don't we don't really know what drives him. and Best in the world. Well, you know, I mean... That's his catchphrase in in wrestling. You know, he's as a showman. He he likes to say he's best in the world. But and that was Daniel Bryan's gimmick back in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? I know, but I, I I don't see why that would not be what he truly thinks. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't yes. want to be the best in the world. At, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. There's a potential that. UFC is an itch he wants to scratch even if he knows he can't be the best. Right. Eh, we'll find out. Yeah. It's neither here nor there. Uh, so, as we go out to uh, CM Punk's music, which I don't think we'll hear <laughs> on tomorrow or on WrestleMania, but... Yeah, probably not. So, uh, one last thing I recommend to anyone who uh, might potentially have actually listened to this entire show and you... <laughs> Um, me for the stream on Sunday. Yes, I would have that sucker playing well before WrestleMania starts. Yeah, because you want to get your connection established and beat the rush when everybody tries to flip it on at five o'clock or whatever time it is. Yeah, get that stream started up early. Yeah, I'll have to sit down on my computer and boot it up and then uh, go off and do other things. Exactly. Um. Because uh, I've got I've got a busy weekend. Because the I'm, server's going to get hammered right at the time that it starts, and yeah, uh, God help us all if it gets botched. You know, I and I hate to say this because I did have some sort of glimmer of hope that as soon as WrestleMania went off the air, that you and I could do another edition of the Guys Nation Wrestling podcast. I I thought that would be interesting to get our uh, you know a half hour's worth of our of our immediate responses. But there is the potential that I'm not going to start watching WrestleMania until about 10 o'clock Eastern. Mm. What do you got to do? Well, my, my, my boy turns four. Oh, right, weekend. of course. And uh, in-laws are going to be in town. Yeah. Uh, people are going to be coming into the house earlier in the day. Potential that uh, at five o'clock there's still going to be people hanging out, looking at gifts, mm. opening stuff with my son. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I enjoy it because you know I, my my son gets so excited about stuff. It, you know, really kind of amps me up when he you know when he sees something, he's all about it. Um, but uh, you know, if he gets a bunch of clothes or whatever, uh, obviously not as much fun. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I'm 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 holding out hope. Well, and I don't know if I'd be necessarily ready for a show anyway, because there's also another big show coming on that night that I was probably thinking I'd watch right after WrestleMania. Yeah, what show is that? Game of Thrones, of course. Game of Thrones. Yes. See. All men must die. Winter is coming. For some of uh, for some of our listeners who might not know, you and I have talked about doing a, uh, a Guys Nation podcast. Mm-hmm. We had one episode where we talked about uh, True Detective and a couple other things. 
and you were supposed to catch up on Game of Thrones in time for the premiere, and I'm assuming you have not done a single show of it. I've not. I've, I'm still stuck on having watched the first one and, and none of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a great show. Yeah. I know. I got all the way caught up on, uh, well, almost all the way caught up on uh, Eastbound and Down. Oh, nice. Yeah, a couple other things, but not. Ask me on that. I'm only in like midway through season two. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. I think the show's been going long enough. Our our two fans can never get enough of us, but uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll end it here. Yeah. All right. Well, if we don't do another one before WrestleMania, let's see uh, how our predictions come out. Hopefully, we're pleased. I'm I'm coming up aces, and I'm gonna make all of you humble. All right. See you later. Peace. Ask not what your country can do for you.